Welcome to Writers Tete a with Elizabeth Harris, the show that connects authors, songwriters and poets with their global audience. So I can continue to bring you high calibre guests, I invite you to go to iTunes, click subscribe, leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Today I'm delighted to introduce poet, author and actor Coralie Dimitriadis. Coralie is the author of the controversial bestseller Love and Fuck Poems, a stunning poetry book which has been translated into Greek with rights sold into Europe. She is an opinion writer and has contributed to publications such as Daily Life, The Age, The Sydney Morning Herald, ABC, SBS, Rendezvous and The Saturday Paper. She has made short films of her poems called The Good Greek Girl Film Project, courtesy of an Art Start grant. This November, Coralie's theatre show, Coralie, I Say the Wrong Things All the Time, will premiere at La Mama Theatre, 205 Faraday Street, Carlton, Melbourne, from November 30 through to December 11. Coralie Dimitriadis, welcome to Writers Tete Tete with Elizabeth Harris. Thank you for having me, Elizabeth. My absolute pleasure. <laughs> Coralie, I'm a huge fan and I love the poetry in your fantastic book, Love the Fuck Poems. A few things really impressed me about you. Firstly, the courage you show in writing so transparently about your life. Secondly, how you handle the men that inevitably get the wrong idea about you. <laughs> <laughs> and thirdly, though some critics describe you as brash, you have a beautiful, tender aspect. Can you please tell my listeners what inspired you to write your thought-provoking book, Love and Fuck Poems? Um... I think it was um, a long journey of repression for me that led to writing the book. So I spent most of my life just doing what was expected um, of me by um, my culture and my family and got married quite young at 22, not really knowing um, who I was, not having explored my identity um, or my sexuality. And, um, and all my creativity, because I was steered into a professional career as an accountant and computer programmer. And so I lived a kind of um, repressed existence, both creatively, sexually, um, in many different ways, um, and my feminine, femininity as well. Mm. Um, so, um, and certainly being an accountant would do that to you, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I was actually working <laughs> as a computer programmer. I do have an accounting degree. Right. But... Um, yeah, and I think um, it was it was definitely the birth of my daughter at around 27 uh, where I started to question uh, my life path and what I wanted to teach her mm -hmm. and what kind of role mo model I wanted to be for her. Like, did I want to teach her that she should just do what everyone wanted her to do mm -hmm. um, or to be a strong, independent woman that makes her own decisions and chooses her own life? And um, up until that point, I hadn't... I hadn't really kind of made my own decisions. I felt like I was influenced and just did pe what people decided for me. Mm. And I had this, I had this very, I was very suffocated. And um, a, a few years later, I kind of, you know, exploded, I would say, out of my marriage and my culture. And, um, and the creativity came along with that. And I was writing a lot, a lot of poetry at the time. Um, I was doing a, a course at RMIT uh, and particularly I was studying with Anya Wolwitz mm -hmm. um, and she, I remember going to her poetry class and saying to her, I want to be a poet, just teach me how to be a poet and, she, and she's like, I can't 
teach you to be a poet. There are no rules to mm. poetry. And I couldn't believe what she was saying, that there are no rules. I was like, are you for real? No, how there's got to be some rules. How refreshing for <laughs> yeah. you. And um, that, her, her encouragement really liberated me. And I started That's writing a lot of poetry. Um, and it was all happening at the same time, like coming out of my marriage and my culture and the poetry. And, um, and then I remember one day I went and saw Ben John Smith. Uh, mm -hmm. passionate tongues I don't know if you know him he writes a lot of sex poetry and very honest kind of Bukowski kind of poetry and um, when I went there um, I couldn't I never thought oh you can actually write sex poetry you know like mm -hmm. write about sex and um, and like I talked with him and he really kind of was a, another instigator in me going oh okay I can go there I can write about sex and mm -hmm. so um, I started at the time, you know, I just left my marriage and I was exploring my um, sexuality and um, and the poetry just came along with it and um, and so from there I wrote Love and Fuck Poems, the zine, yeah. <laughs> which is so great and, and there's so many different aspects to it which we'll get to throughout the interview. When you are writing, who or what is your major support? My major support. Sorry, what do you mean? <laughs> so when you get into that zone of writing, you know, do you draw on anything in particular? Do you, do you draw on support from people, or do you draw on support from coffee, or do you <laughs> uh, um, coffee and chocolate? Or, you know? Well, I used to. I used to have a lot of sugar when I was writing, but I stopped eating sugar about uh, two years ago for health reasons. Um, oh, so right. yeah, because I had some. Um, issues with my stomach so yeah it was really good for my health and I haven't turned back I still have a bit of sugar here and there but not as much as I used to um, but anyway I think I probably draw on I feel I feel like writing is quite an isolating process and I mm. don't don't feel very supported when I write I feel alone that's what I would say but I think that's where the best poetry comes out where you're actually face to face with your true raw honest self mm. and there's a lot of fear there but um there's a, also liberation because you're going okay like this is who i am this is how i feel and i'm going to turn this into a poem mm. and, and you do that so well so well <laughs> thank you <laughs> welcome <laughs> do you have a favorite poem or is that like asking a mother if she has a favorite child <laughs> <laughs> um Wow, yeah, that's a really good question. Do I have Thank a favourite poem? Um, I guess I have poems that I think are my strongest poems. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I would say I love all my poems equally, even the ones that haven't been edited properly and might never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a lot of those. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to drawing out those at some point. As I said, Carly, I love all your poetry. However, I do have three favourites. Okay. One of which is long-awaited coffee date. <laughs> <laughs> there is such an intensity within this brilliant poem. Mm. Can you please read it for our enjoyment? Okay, sure. Thank you. <laughs> well, no one's ever told me that long-awaited coffee date is their favourite poem. Oh, so. I'm unique. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. The long-awaited coffee date. When she steps out into the sinister night, she knows he wants more of her. So she leads him to a slim alley, down the blue stone where nobodies meet, their lips softly touching, 
hands slithering down skin, his tongue in her mouth now, lips wide, senses ablaze, and she knows she's not going home tonight. It's dark when they enter his place. Quick to close the door, he nudges her flush to the wall, a swift movement of her skirt. He pulls down her underwear, locates her with his cock. And already he's inside, sighing in relief and ecstasy, this fuck months overdue. Her palms hit the wall, he entwines his fingers with hers. Slowly moving inside her, his lips and tongue on her ear, she removes a hand to touch herself, but his hand is quick to follow. He tells her to let him do it, but she pushes him away because she's climbing now and he'll only delay it, ruin it. Fucking hell, he curses. Why have you got to control anything since the moment we met? Why won't you just let me fuck you? Why don't you just let me fuck you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're so great, girl. <laughs> Going back to um, your book, in your acknowledgements for love and fuck poems, you thank a mutual friend of ours, the exceptionally clever editor and writer, Les Zygamanis. Les has his own novel due for release mid-2017 with Pantera Press called Just Another Week in Suburbia. In the acknowledgements, I was intrigued to read the following. Thank you to my editor, Liz Zygamanis, for being the tough editor I needed who had every right to kill me during the editing of this book. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic, Carolyn. Can, can I ask, what happened with our privacy invasion? <laughs> um, look, Les and I have an interesting relationship. Back in, I think, 2010, yeah, Busy Bird was um, the first people that published um, a short story of mine. Mm -hmm. And what was it called? Uh, Blood Red Numbers, okay. and it was yeah. about a psychotic computer programmer. <laughs> was it based on anybody in particular? <laughs> yeah, I did, I did draw inspiration from um, working in the corporate world as a computer programmer. <laughs> But, I would um, never have guessed. Yeah, but um, Les, um, Les and I um, formed a professional relationship at that point and he had been following my trajectory on Facebook with Love and Fuck Poems. By the way, when I published the zine, I didn't really expect anything to happen with Love and Fuck Poems. I just mm -hmm. wanted to have something to sell at my shows. Can, can I ask you to explain what a zine is for people that... Oh, okay. It's kind of like... it's it's It gets the word from magazine. Right. And it's basically like a small kind of magazine that you usually like can print off it at, you know, a, a photocopy place. It's okay. not a quality book. Okay. And um, I just put a couple of copies in polyester books and it just started selling really well. And so when um, I'd sold quite a few copies in bookshops and, and I was saying to Les one day, I said, oh, well, you know, I've got to write my next book. And mm -hmm. he's like, what are you talking about? You know, you've got to turn Love and Fuck Poems into a book. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, well... All right, do you want to edit it? And he's like, yeah, okay. Mm. Um, and he's editing my next book too. Yeah. <laughs> he's a very, I guess because I'm quite raw and honest and he's yes. quite raw and honest yes, in yes. his editing. Like he just hold, he doesn't hold back. He and calls I, himself brutal actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, because we both are raw and honest, you mm. know, it, it creates a kind of 
you know, interesting dynamic. That's right. But, yeah. you know, that's what you want. I mean, yeah. um, my director, Olga Aristodemu from Cyprus, who's um, directing my theatre show, show, she is also really very raw and honest. And mm. I think I really draw to people that challenge me um, and challenge what I'm doing because I want to be a better artist. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. So Les is a, a great supporter of my work and um, he's always very helpful and um, I really like working with him as an editor. No, he's, he's wonderful. And um, But I want to get back to that question because I think you avoided the answer. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that he had every right to kill you. Now, now being a nurse, I find that really difficult to cope with. <laughs> Um, I think I meant it in a t- tongue-in-cheek way because I feel like I go over things a lot and I want things to be perfect and, you know, and so, and also because, you know, I just feel like he invests a lot of time in editing and I feel I owe, I owe him for that and I have a lot of gratitude. So that's how I show my gratitude, by saying that he, he should have killed me. <laughs> <laughs> we love gratitude, yeah. that's for sure. That's great. Your brilliant show, Coralie, I Say the Wrong Things All the Time, will debut on November 30th. What can theatregoers expect from your show? Well, this is the first time I'm actually putting on a full theatre show with set and wow. lights and sound, and it's a big team. Um, you know, there's the people at La Mama, and then there's also my own team of, you know, lighting designer and set designer and and all those people, I think there's 10 of us, even though, right. you know, it's just me on stage. Yeah. I've taken um, my poetry and turned it into a play, a narrative, a oh, story. Oh. And as part of that, it includes actual acting rather than just performing my poetry mm-hmm. and creating a story that um, people can go away and think about. I really want to connect with people, mostly women, but people in general that have problems that struggle with being honest with who they are mm-hmm. and the people around them mm-hmm. because you know society does want to put us into pigeonholes yes and you know I've experienced that through um, like I said before my own experiences of you know being steered in particular directions and not being who I want to be and I want to inspire people to to be themselves and to not be afraid to be themselves and to know that Yes, it is difficult sometimes, especially in in, um, in certain cultures and religions, to stand up and mm-hmm. be who you want to be. And sure. there are and there are prices and sacrifices to be made, but it's just so worth it because it's your life. It, you only have one life, and why wouldn't you just want to live that life as as you want to live it? Why do we have to live according to what other people expect of us? We should just you know, live our own lives and be happy. And so that's what I want to inspire people to do as part of this work. And, and I find you incredibly inspiring, so thank you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> being so courageous. Another one of my favourite poems is My Words. Yeah, another person actually said that to me recently, and I was like, really? Like, yes. it's not one of my friends. <laughs> and do you know why, currently? Because yeah. it... I feel it reveals your depth. Oh, okay. Can you please share that with us? Yes. I'm actually going to read that poem at a White Ribbon event tomorrow. 
Oh, wow. Um, and also give a speech, and they want me to read that one too, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit about that event? Yeah, it's just an event about violence, invisible violence mm -hmm. against women, mm -hmm. and how emotional manipulation and all that can be a form of violence, mm -hmm. and how do we empower women to stand up against that and I'll be sharing my story like I did with you about, you know, what I experienced growing up. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. wonderful. And again, very brave. <laughs> so my words. My words. A long time ago, when I was another person and I wore another face, I wrote short poems to try and make sense of myself. One. With every wrong footing there is a right. Two. Two steps in the wrong path equals one in the right. Three. Do not abuse yourself for the blessing of a mistake. Four. Regret is a naive word. Pray for mistakes. But that's all bullshit when your actions hurt people you care about like I care about you. I have cried many tears in my life, all about things people have done to me and my hardships and my sad, sad life. I'm 32 years old and tonight, for the first time, I'm crying tears for someone else. Pain I inflicted with my words Oh yes, my wonderful words, my powerful narcissistic words. Oh yes, I'm a poet and don't I do it so well. I can make the crowd collapse into silence. Like your silence. Your hurt silence. I wanted to crawl into the phone, scoop up the pain in your chest and bury it inside me. Not just the pain I caused, but the other pain too, the pain you hide from me. I heard it clearly for the first time tonight. In my mind, there is an image of the person I dream to be. You make me want to be that person. Pity I had to hurt you to realise that, or to realise I care so much more than I thought I was capable of. And so I write this poem, a pathetic attempt to make it better, even though the decision you made was actually what was best for me and you proved you cared more than my self-sabotaging mind allowed me to believe. So here's to my attempt to make it better. Here's to my bullshit words, it's all self-indulgent crap. My actions hurt people I care about. They can hurt people I care about. People I care about. Like I care about you. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. What do you do in your spare time to unwind? <laughs> <laughs>
other than Ron's um, Do single mothers actually have that time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, I would say that I love to go out dancing. Oh, wow. What sort of dancing? Um, Spanish festivals on this week coming um, up. Anything like, I mean, I like dancing to old rock. I also like going dancing to techno music. Just anything. This I just is dancing great. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been told I'm a good dancer. Oh, right. By my director as well, Olga. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, we can't see a demonstration on a podcast, Carly. Um, well, actually, I'll be dancing in my theatre show. I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, dancing, I would say. Um, and also just. I might come up and join you on stage. <laughs> Dancing and also, you know, just spending time with family and friends and Lovely. going and seeing bands or, yeah, that any, kind of any stuff. Any particular band you love? Um, I just like going to the local pub and listening to yeah. whoever's playing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a website or blog where my listeners can find out more about your work? Yes, I have a website, www.coralydimitriatus.com. I used to have a blog, but I've since closed it because um i used to blog quite a bit when i was kind of in that explosion phase mm -hmm. i was blogging a lot and i kept blogging up until maybe a year ago when um, i started getting um, articles published in uh, publications and then mm -hmm. i just wanted to kind of focus my energy on writing articles and so um i i closed my blog but, um, yeah, people can go to my website and there are links to all the articles that I've published there. And there's links to some film too, isn't there? Yeah, my films as well. Which is yeah. great. Really great. Carly, this is a signature question I ask all my guests. What do you wish for, for the world, and most importantly for yourself? Oh. I wish for no war mm -hmm. and for peace mm -hmm. and equality across races and gender and sexuality, of course, and a brighter future for my, my daughter, a world that is more peaceful than what it is now, mm. so I don't have to worry about her when I'm gone. Exactly. Can yeah. I ask how old she is? She's nine. And also, yeah, for myself, I would, would like to, you know, progress with my art and, and make a living from it. <laughs> Yes, for sure. <laughs> That's what I really like. So, but also I want to inspire women and empower women, and that's ultimately why I do what I do and why I put myself on the line for that reason. I think you certainly do inspire women. <laughs> do you want to touch on some of the male reactions? I know you've had some fairly dramatic male oh, reactions, yeah. and, and you know, as much as we love men and, and we admire them and so forth, um, sometimes I think they get the wrong idea and they <laughs> need to be put on the straight and narrow with your work. So here's your chance if you'd like to take it. Um, <laughs> I think actually um, in Australia the men are quite well behaved when it comes to my art. Like Fantastic. they will contact me and tell me they like my art but they won't usually make a pass at me. Whereas overseas in Greece and Cyprus, the men do not hold back and they will send me very um, explicit messages. They will make commentary on my body and, and it becomes more about... And I think the reason for that is because I think women's writing overseas is not really very respected mm -hmm. in Greece and Cyprus. And so especially the fact that I write about sex, I think, you know, makes me even less 
respected and probably means that I just want to have sex and will you have sex with me, you know, kind of thing. So I think I get a lot... I don't get that in Australia. Mm. You know, I got um, a, a, tra a train driver once write me a, a note about how much he loves my work on a, on a train um, technical form and yeah. send it to me it was quite funny yeah and I kept that and but you know there was no, he wasn't making a pass at me he yeah. was commenting on my work and that's fine I don't mind that what I mind is when you know men comment on my body and think that I just want to have sex I just you know just ignore them like as if you know mm. I mean most of the poems in love and fuck poems are about one one guy as well so it's not you know it's not like People get this idea that I'm just like sexually wild and whatever, but it's kind of the opposite. So <laughs> I, think, I think it uh, reflects more so on themselves, or you know, their, maybe their hopes and wishes for their world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to wrap up with one of your poems that resonates so well with many of my female friends and my enlightened male friends, and the poem is Temple. Ah, uh, Temple. Okay. Temple. My body is a temple you shall not cross unless you are worthy of my communion. I have been angry, desecrated my spirit, but I needed to do that to arrive here because I deserve happiness. I deserve love. I deserve someone who will give to me just as much as I give to them. And I want it. I want love. L-O-V-E. Love. I want to embody ecstasy inside alleys, in dark corners, underneath stars, everywhere with my man. Explore our darkness and our light. And if you're not looking for the same thing, move on. And in the meantime, men can come, men can go. I'm not looking. I'm happy on my own. And I will worship my own temple. So powerful and beautiful. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> we look forward to your fabulous theatre show, Coralie, I Say the Wrong Things All the Time, at La Mama Theatre, from November 30 to December 11. How do we book tickets? Through La Mama website. Great. So if you just Google Coralie, I Say the Wrong Things All the Time, it'll come up. And look, I'd like to contest whether you do or not, because I think I think you say plenty of right things, Coralie. <laughs> <laughs> Coralie Dimitriadis, thank you so much for guesting on Writers Tete Tete with Elizabeth Harris. And remember, parents, when reserving your tickets for Coralie's show, it is not a child-friendly show. No. So book your favourite person to mind your children and come along and enjoy the genius of Coralie Dimitriadis. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Writers Tete Tete with Elizabeth Harris and may your wishes come true. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you.